1: From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. (laughs) The Home Secretary walked up to the podium at the Conservative Party conference to applause, but also expectation. Earlier, the Prime Minister had bluntly told police and prosecutors to fix it as he demanded radical change in how the criminal justice system deals with violence against women. The murder of Sarah Everard by a serving Met officer had left the country with a very real feeling of injustice and betrayal, he said. There have been lots of questions asked of the police force itself, but what was Priti Patel going to do about it? It is abhorrent that a serving police officer was able to abuse his position of power, authority and trust to commit such a horrific crime. The public have a right to know what systematic failures enabled his continued employment as a police officer. There will be an inquiry to give the independent oversight needed to ensure that something like this can never happen again. The Evening Standards Deputy Political Editor David Bond is at the conference in Manchester and told us how the speech went down in the hall. She got a standing ovation when she came into the hall and she got a standing ovation at the end. And the reason for that is because she always talks tough on crime and she always talks tough on immigration, both things which are extremely important to members of the Conservative Party. And uh, she had some key announcements to make today, most notably on Sarah Everard's killer, Wayne Cousins. She announced an independent inquiry into Cousins and the circumstances around how he managed to slip through the net while he was a serving metropolitan police officer. So, again, very tough message uh, from uh, Prissy Patel, which has gone down uh, very well in this hall. Well, I'm joined now by Anna Burley, a co-founder of the Reclaim These Streets campaign, which was set up in the wake of Sarah Everard's murder. Anna is also a Labour councillor. Anna, is this the inquiry that you wanted?
0: No, it doesn't do enough of what we need. The fact that it's not statutory... Is really worrying as we saw with the daniel morgan inquiry the met police have a a bad habit of prioritizing reputation over transparency and truth so we can't let cooperation with the inquiry be voluntary um, or we risk the police closing ranks and protecting their own so yeah statutory inquiry that means that people are compelled to cooperate that means that we will have a proper robust process the other thing is that it needs to be judge-led Um, We can't let Preeti Patel handpick a chair. I don't think that would be a particularly transparent approach, and I don't think it would rebuild trust in the process either, which is what it really needs to achieve.
1: Making this inquiry statutory, though, would have taken longer to get it set up. Is speed not of the essence here?
0: It is, and it isn't. I think we need the right inquiry, and, you know, inquiries can take a long time, and so spending that time on the right product rather than the wrong product that doesn't solve the problems um, is a much better use of time. But there are also things we can do without waiting for an inquiry that will make women and girls feel safer and help to rebuild some of that trust while we're waiting for the inquiry to happen. So for example, making misogyny a hate crime doesn't need to wait for the inquiry. Ensuring violence against women and girls is included in the serious violence prevention duty doesn't need to wait for uh, the inquiry either. And Harriet Harman made a number of suggestions around vetting processes and basic things that you, I, I was astonished aren't in place already, like the suspension of uh, officers if they've been accused of violence um, or, or sexual misconduct pending investigation so that they can't misuse that power and... and- uh, in post. So those things can happen now. They, they they should happen today. And then we can have the proper inquiry with all the robust statutory things in place to make it uh, meaningful.
1: The Prime Minister has talked about misogyny becoming a hate crime. He says it's not necessary that there are abundant laws already. Do we need more laws?
0: The solution isn't all about making new laws or, or enforcing them differently, for sure. But I think it's wrong that for dropping a cigarette butt, you can get a fine, but you can curb crawl a girl home from school. And so long as you don't try and procure sex from her, you're not going to be breaking any laws. So I think that we do need to look at our legal system through the lens of gender and say, does it prioritise women and girls? Does it give us um, the protections that we need? And I think the answer would be no, and we can do something about that.
1: There's also going to be an independent review into the Met Police's standards and culture. That's been announced by Dame Cressida Dick. Do you feel that things are changing? Has this case drawn a line in the sand now?
0: I hope so. My worry is that, um, you know, in particular, the announcement by um, Cressida Dick yesterday. It's more of a PR exercise than it is um, uh, an attempt or willingness to genuinely change the way that the police operate. She knows that there's demands for a review, so she knows that if she announces one on her own terms, chooses the own her own person to lead it who reports to her, um, that she's able to try and contain the problem uh, without having to actually assess um, in a sort of transparent and robust way.
1: Are you worried about there being... A whitewash. I mean could there be a whitewash given the sheer anger that the politicians, the government, the police know is out there?
0: I think that there's a problem that in the inquiry, the details on the inquiry not only is woman not mentioned once and there's no reference to misogyny or sexism, but that women of colour and communities of colour and their trust in the police isn't mentioned either. So it's sort of whitewashing both senses of the term. This can't just be about restoring trust after an officer abducts and murders a white woman. We have to look at the experiences of people like Mina Smallman, who says that as a black woman, she was ignored, not believed, and wasn't given the right priorities by the police. So I think there's a race element to it, but also sort of the whitewash in terms of papering over the problem rather than addressing them head on. Absolutely, I think that's that's a worry.
1: So obviously Reclaim These Streets was set up in the wake of Sarah Everard's murder. How have people been responding to you Since the sentencing, since the conviction?
0: We've been quite overwhelmed with people wanting to volunteer. Women who came to Sarah's vigil or attended or organised one in their own towns, who attended vigils for Sabina Nessa and for Bieber and Nicole, and who don't see anything having changed over six months, and they feel disheartened and angry and a lot of them haven't really been activists or or volunteers um in a campaigning organization before so i think you know that there's going to be hopefully lots more women who are um ready to take up the 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 mantle and, and help campaign for some of these changes but you know i think for a lot of people, the response is is to start feeling like things don't change. We keep being asked about whether this is a watershed moment. Is it a line in the sand, like you said? But I think that's what women in the, you know, when the Yorkshire Ripper was at large, were saying about Reclaim the Night, that they reached this watershed moment, but we're asking for the same things that they didn't get all those decades ago. You know, I wasn't alive then and the things that we're asking for, the amazing women on whose shoulders we stand for asking for then. So I hope it's a watershed moment um, and I hope that I can get all of those volunteers and, and show them that we can make change happen when we work together. But I, I'm also slightly cynical because it's not the first time we've asked for these things.
1: There's more on this story at standard.co.uk. Follow our live blog for breaking news. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham.